Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very happy, if you're English, broad and fry on this most momentous of occasions. Stuart and I are recording um, this in the very first heady moments after England have beaten Australia in the World Cup semi-final. I repeat that, England have beaten Australia. I think the word demolished actually is probably more appropriate. The cheers of the crowd could be heard all the way where I am at the moment, which is in Los Angeles. Um, I personally woke up half the neighbourhood this morning with my yells and I have, checking my watch now, uh, which is a smart watch, I have walked two and a quarter miles this morning just going round and round the screen because I can't sit down when watching important cricket matches. Are these matches. nerves? Are these <laughs> <Yes>. walking nerves? <laughs> That's right, they are. And um, welcome to you, Stuart. You're in, you're in England. Were you nervous or can you just sit and watch happily? Oh, I think I, I can sit and watch happily if I'm playing, but I'm horrendously nervous if I'm not. I think that yeah. you just have you have That's no it. control over it, do you? So it's um, yeah, it's a it's a frightening experience. But we are England are World Cup finalists. Oh, I know, and it it could not have been won in more emphatic style, could it? I mean, last said the, in 1992, oh. I think is that right? Yeah. That's right. Incredible. I was four. How old were you? <laughs> <coughs> you were... <coughs> <laughs> I was old enough to know better in every regard. <laughs> but it's, it's, an, it's an extraordinary result. And uh, in every department. I mean, the bowling at the beginning was extraordinary. The first ten overs uh, to, to get those wickets, to get Finch out for a duck, then to get Warner out for nine, was it, I think? Um, I mean, that made the heart sing didn't it? Because if you can do that, and this is something I noticed uh, uh, Mike Atherton, I was listening to doing some of the commentary, uh, he was saying, you know, these matches can be won in the first 10 overs in each innings. And and you could say that that was true of this, don't you think? Well, I mean, I don't know if you were like me when when Finch won the toss. Mm. And batted, I was like, oh no, I don't know if that's uh, that's a huge part (laughs) of this game because... Australia have been so good at setting a big platform yeah. uh, and defending it. You know, Stark's Stark's record of defending uh, in this World Cup's fantastic compared yeah. to, to compared to bowling in the first innings. So I thought it was a big toss, and then wicket, wicket, wicket. Yeah. But actually, fantastic bowling. You know, yeah, Archer, it really was. Archer with his first ball. I mean, to bowl when you bowl your first ball, it's. Your body's getting used to the conditions. You're obviously putting a lot of force through the ball. You don't know if you're going to slip. You don't know how you're going to Mm -hmm. land. You don't know how much it's going to swing, seam. So to bowl the perfect ball like he did to Aaron Finch first ball (sighs) is a brilliant bit of skill. And then, I mean, Wokes has been awesome throughout this whole World Cup. I know he, he he sails... Under the radar. I always yeah, he's done. an unsung he's, hero, isn't he? But he, he hits the deck hard. He's always in a good area. He, I mean, probably as passionate as I've seen him ever today. Yeah. And celebrating. And, but, you yeah. know, World Cup semi-final on your home ground and taking early wickets doesn't get any better than that, does it? No, it really well, doesn't. Well, it does. World Cup final. <laughs> yes, let's hope so. Um, and, of course, because I'm, I'm, I'm not pessimistic. I, mean, I think of myself as an optimist, but when it comes to sport and to crucial matches, uh, I, I always seem to entertain the worst possible scenarios in my head. So once we've got uh, five wickets, I, I, you know, I should have been utterly relaxed, but I still thought with Smith at the crease, you know, there was a real chance that things would go, go nastily for us. Kerry that was then out, um, 
And uh, it looked as if a partnership was going to be established, and indeed was. Uh, and Stark stayed around, you know. And I thought, oh, they're going to get to two hundred fifty or sixty, and that's going to be, that's going to be hard for us to match, given given as you say the past, the past uh, performances of Stark as a as a as a containing and wicket taking bowler. I mean, whoa, but but we 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 did two things that I thought were psychologically so crucial. One was. We got them all out before the fiftieth over, so that was yeah. that was just you know a real kind of twisting of a knife somehow. And the other is we didn't lose a wicket in the first ten, so those two must have made them really sink. Well, I mean, you, I was actually listening driving back from London on the radio, and they were going through some of Jason Roy and Bairstow's partnership stats. They are outrageously good. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to get these wrong, but I think they average. 69 or 68-69 yeah. as a partnership and they they which is had, 12 more than uh, Greenwich and Haynes who are the second most successful opening yeah they've had 50 partnerships yeah. so consistently which I mean that's that's a reason why the likes of Morgan Stokes Butler can fire down the order but yeah one of them goes and gets 70 or 80 each game which yeah. Is an, it's an amazing consistency with a brand, two brand new white balls to, to not lose consistent wickets at the top of the order. So, uh, I, you know, four, three years ago, you might have thought, oh, it's a, a tough chase. Could be a tough chase if Australia gets 250. But with that opening partnership, you can pretty much guarantee you're going to be 50 or 60 without a wicket. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, law of averages is telling you that. So, yeah. It's uh, it's a great position to be, and then Rooty, you've just got such faith oh. and trust that yeah. he he might not score at a strike rate of 150, but he's going to be there and he's going to score, and everyone can bat around him. So I I had no once we'd once we'd restricted to Australia Australia to that, I had no doubts we'd we'd win. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, and and. I guess you you have to uh, you have to admire some certain moments in the game as well. I don't know if you saw uh, the, the run out of Steve Smith. Did you? I mean, it was I it was an outrageously it. Yeah. accurate throw that actually nutmeg, nutmeg. Smith. Nutmeg. Incredible. Brilliant. I mean, between a pair of running legs, it's got to be bad luck for Smith. He's got to think, what are the odds? You know, it's so unfair. It's like throwing a cricket ball into a propeller and getting between the beats of the propeller. You know, it just seems impossible. Yeah, it's great. But also, it was, an amazing amazing bit of skill that um, that I saw in the highlights was when Carey got hit on the head by Archer and he he, uh, he managed to catch his helmet before falling onto the stumps which <laughs> it's just the most remarkable calm bit of skill you could ever yeah. wish to see I mean, <laughs> get, so I, I mean I know getting hit by a 90 mile an hour ball in the head hurts a little bit um, Ooh, and it do, cut his yeah. chin but but to be able to have the sort of calmness of mind to think, yeah. right, where's my helmet falling there is um, yeah. it's incredible, really. And reminds those of us who don't have those kind of hand-eye coordination skills, just what it, what it, what it takes to be a great sports, a great athlete, you know. I mean, it's extraordinary what's going on in the brain and the mind and the body. Nothing I can do. I can't, you know, I can't. If I drop anything, I, you know, I can't pick it up from the ground, let alone when it's halfway down. But so I'm hearing your commitment today was a what a three a.m. alarm. Yes, it was, and uh, I I'm really pleased too because you know it uh, it was worth it. Uh, it, it. When the alarm went off, I was thinking, oh, 
really? Oh. Um, but half an hour of the game had gone and I'd missed wickets already. <laughs> so I was... Uh, and of course, it's not easy. I don't know if anybody else is listening from abroad, but to watch the cricket from abroad takes commitment. So your yeah. alarm could have been the earliest England cricket fan alarm in the world. It, it might have been. It's a heck of a thought, isn't it? But uh, there, are, you know, there are plenty around in America. I get, you know, people stopping me occasionally, saying, "Are you going to watch the cricket?" And uh, as I said in in that report I, I filed from the aeroplane and from when I arrived here, um, it's a great conversation breaker, cricket uh, icebreaker, uh, uh, if you're in America, because you know it's nearly always, of course, people from the subcontinent of Asia, uh, Indians, Pakistanis. Um, Bangladeshis and Sri Lankans, who who will have cricket as a as a language and a conversation in common, and with they're denied it in America, where everything is baseball and football and all the rest of it. So it's a kind of it's a wonderful way of forging these friendships and instant easy conversations. But to get back to the cricket, um, yes, we are now going to play. New Zealand. So I'm going to ask your advice. Uh, let's imagine you're the bowling coach for, to start with. Uh, the, the, there are some good bowlers on that New Zealand side. I mean, really good. I mean, there's there's the speed of young Ferguson. There's the the guile of uh, uh, of Trent Bolt and and just utter reliable lines from him all the time. And Satner's pretty extraordinary too. So so they they know how to dry up runs, don't they? They do. I think New Zealand. Uh, will be praying for cloudy, humid, lords swinging conditions mm. because we saw at uh, Old Trafford, I mean, they had a huge stroke of luck, really, with the, the game going into the next day and being yeah. cloudy and they had a fresh morning, a new pitch. Mm. Um, so the, to, to get early, I think they need early wickets to be able to contain a... A batting unit, and we saw obviously India five for three. That's um, yeah. they're in major trouble. So Bolt's going to be the the huge danger man at Lords, um, yes. but England will know that. England, look, we came in today. Stark being the huge danger man, he he went for seventy odd. So yeah. uh, England won't fear that, and they won't play defensively or protective against him. Um, but you've got to be aware of in swinging conditions. He can be can be very dangerous. So. Um, I mean, I I don't know what you thought, but I didn't see New Zealand beating India at all. No, absolutely not. I, it never I was stunned, to with, stunned with that result. Yeah, everybody saw them as the ones who had scraped into the last four and the, and and uh, were going to be easy meet in the semi-finals. And uh, as it is, they played with extraordinary commitment, and in the field they were brilliant as well. I mean, really alert and uh, uh, and on it, and just very very impressive. They, uh, they don't have, of course, on the other side, they don't have truly cavalier kind of batsmen or ones with the swagger and aggression that we have to open the batting and, and then further on down. But they obviously Ross Taylor is a, a, a very reliable, um, solid and very difficult to get out. And he can play a long innings and uh, um, Kane Williams is obviously the, the, the pick of them, the captain. He's a fantastic batsman. And Grand Dom and who, who else? I mean, they don't have anyone who can really come up with three sixes in a row as well, Jason I mean, Roy did today. In the last World Cup, Guptill got a two, three, oh, seven, Guptil, didn't he? Yes, not that's out. Right, so, he did, but yeah. he's shown no form. But I mean, yeah. New Zealand actually. I mean, Lords might suit them in the fact that Lords historically is not a three forty, three fifty, flat 
flat pitch that that um, the batsmen dream of. You know, it can be a bit sticky. It can turn. It can swing. It can be yeah. can be hard to score. So they're probably suited to a Lord's pitch, really. Um, yeah. So you know, if it was at the Oval or Trent Bridge, I think England would be ninety nine percent favourites. Yeah. I still think England are huge favourites, but um, Lords, you never quite know what you're going to get in a white ball pitch. No. You really don't. I, I, I don't um, know what the weather forecast is for Sunday, do you? I'm just going to have a look on my app. Here yeah, I think it's dry. I think it's dry. Yeah. So uh, I think it's the humidity that you want to watch out for at Lords that depends on the on the toss and stuff. But yeah. yeah. It's England's. It's England's to win. I just. I mean, I've had this mindset through the whole World Cup, haven't I? You I mean, have. Even, even after we lost to uh, Australia at, at Lords and we're, we're off to play uh, India on the Sunday, I just had hundred percent belief we 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 win those games and get through. So I don't think I can't think that many teams have won World Cups without losing a game. I don't know no. the stats on that, but uh, you know, Australia lost to New Zealand in in the last World Cup and won the final. So yeah. losing a, losing a couple of games never worried me. You just got to win at the right times, and, and we're doing that. And that's exactly what we did, isn't it? It, it, it coincided with J- Jason Roy's hamstring, of course, and we didn't have the great opening partnerships without him. And, uh, uh, of course, James Vince, I guess, but would be disappointed in not being able to fill Roy's boots. But uh, uh, maybe those losses were, were just exactly what we needed to remind the team that, you know, there's kind of... You can, nothing can be taken for granted in sport, can it, ever? And they won't be taking New Zealand for granted. Oh, no chance. No chance. I mean, it's... Um, New Zealand have got the danger, man. But it's one of those, if you get Kane Williamson as a bowler, if you step up to the plate and get Kane Williamson, yeah. you're running around the whole of St John's Wood celebrating, aren't you? Because you just know <laughs> how big a wicket that's going to be. Yes. Um, yes. And we've seemed to have those bowlers who are doing that at the moment. Archer's first ball today, Wokes getting Warner. Um yeah you feel like we've got the firepower to take wickets. So that's, uh, we, we came into this World Cup with our batting being, you know, lauded as absolutely supreme and our bowling a little bit iffy. Mm. But I, I think our bowling has been amazing. So yeah. um, I, I actually, I'm actually playing on Sunday, Nottinghamshire versus no. Surrey, which I should sound, I obviously love playing cricket, so I'm desperate <laughs> to play, but... England don't get to a World Cup final too often. You want to be glued oh. to it all 100 overs. But um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have it on in the changing room if... Well, actually, I don't know if we will. Our coach might make us focus on the, yeah, on the championship Yeah, but game. the crowd at um, Trent Bridge will have it on the radio. And yeah, I'll do you swear. think we could get Trent Bridge to show it on the big screen? Do you think that would go down well? <laughs> just, have a, just have 22 players just uh, staring at the big screen. I'm not sure that would go down. But It is once every four years and we might be allowed to just... I wonder if the ECB would cancel or postpone all county cricket on Sunday. What do you think? I doubt it. <laughs> you must know. You must know the top dogs there. You, you, what's the, the MCC president who you were with the other day? Give, give him yes. a call. I, I do my best to to pull whatever strings they used to have, I have. They used to have rest days on a Sunday, didn't they? Yes, Certainly they my did. Dad's yeah, yeah. Test matches always began on a Thursday, and then you had the Friday and, uh, uh, and Saturday, then Sunday off, and uh, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, that that was how all test matches were when I. Well, if there's any county cricketers listening, <laughs> tweet us in just saying vote for a rest day on Sunday because I'll vote. 
And you want to to win a toss and put them the who are you playing? Surrey. Surrey. You want to put Surrey in so that you could be in the pavilion uh, watching you. on the Sunday. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a ding dong relegation <laughs> battle, so I don't know if I'll um, I'll be able to convince the captain to have a. I don't think I'll be able to cap- no. convince the captain to have a bowl just in case we could watch the World Cup final. But uh, it's worth a go, isn't it? <laughs> and Surrey are very strong, aren't they? Surrey and the Curries and all that. They've they they had an amazing season last year. They won the championship last yeah. year, but yeah, they've they've um, they've not been as good this year. Um, so this is in football we call them six pointers, right? So yes. it's one of those, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So what? Uh, all my focus is going to be on the Nottinghamshire County Championship game on Sunday, unless we get a rest day. <laughs> that would be interesting. Well, if you're listening, ECB, I think it would only be kind. It would inspire everybody, and of course, England being in the final will be so good for cricket in this country generally. And, and there'll be school kids watching, and they'll be inspired. And well, what a day for know. sport we've got in in the UK. We've got yes. Wimbledon finals. Of course, we've got the British Grand Prix. Of course, it is. It's one of those. It's not the it's not the Open though, is it? That's the following week, I think. Nottinghamshire versus sorry. Um, yes, that's obviously. In, and the World Cup final. I mean, it's. Um, wow. uh, you're obviously a cricket fan, but we, yeah. you're choosing the final every day of the week, there, are you? The World Cup cricket. Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I love, you know, I'd be happy to see uh, that uh, Hamilton win the, uh, the British Grand Prix, of course, would be very pleasant. And, uh, and the Wimbledon, it's obviously always an occasion, but this, this is. Yeah, as you say, it's once every four years, and it's there's uh, going to be some televisions with iPads next to people on the sofas, yeah, isn't there? I think you're right. It's going to be a lot of dual or trio watching. Yeah, there is. It's it's such a powerful thing, sport. I mean, there is nothing like it for for the swoops and the and the leaps of emotion. And uh, I, I'm so impressed by the fact that you are. Um, Unlike me, you don't seem to dread the worst, and I wonder if that's part of your success as a as an international sport your sports figure is is that is that you believe in winning, and I although I think of myself as rational and not a superstitious person, I genuinely when I'm watching I have to stand up I have to pace about if if two overs go without us getting a wicket I think oh that's it it's a partnership oh my god they're going to take they're going to risk control you know I get really absurdly pessimistic I I, I think things are tempting providence I, I it's uh, uh, um do you think actually attitude uh, and belief are as important as as commentators and sports journalists say it, it, it... oh absolutely yeah absolutely i mean remember my uh, dad told me once when i was 12 or something he said playing international cricket is uh, only 10% technical and yeah. 90% mental which at that stage made no sense to me whatsoever but you only have to watch alistair cook bat mm. to realize that you know his technique isn't something you'd you'd write home about but yeah. his method and his mentality towards it has made him yeah. our leading run scorer ever and you look at the world cup captain morgs so morgan yeah technically not you wouldn't you wouldn't write that in a textbook i mean that would be the last thing he'd want you to do with his technique anyway he's <laughs> a, a free-flowing player but he he's mentally a, a very calm and um calm and astute about how he goes about his business and he see it's such a tactical tactical game uh, the yeah. technique 
you know, it doesn't really matter as long as you do the business. So, I mean, virtually every cricket change room when that I've been that's had success has always had this sort of control the language mindset. So it's something that we'll talk about a lot in the changing room is if you're thinking, oh, no, that, we're not doing very well here. You're not going to yeah. share that with your teammates. You're not going to go, oh, we're not doing well here because it brings negativity in. Yeah. Or, or try not to go, oh, that, the pitch isn't going to suit us today. It's, it's very much, oh, we'll get the best out of this pitch. Or, cool, the outfield looks quick for us, so we'll score some runs today. Or yeah. you know, if you lose a, lose a toss at Lords and you're bowling on a beautiful pitch with a blue sky, you find something that you're not going to go in the change room and go, oh, God, we've lost a toss. Yeah. We're bowling. The, the yeah. game's gone. You know, we're in a nightmare. You're going to go, there's a bit of cloud coming at two o'clock. So if we keep it tight for the first two hours, we might get a bit of cloud later and it'll swing. And you know, yes. if we get to the end of the day and it's 270 for seven, we've had a good day. So it's, it's something that it, in losing teams, it's, it's a very hard thing to control because yeah. when you're losing, you do look at everything. You look at training facilities, See Sri Lanka at the start of the World Cup. Do you remember our pitches were too yes. green, hotels were bad, training facilities haven't been good enough. Well, actually, that doesn't really help you in your environment. So, um, yeah, I think it, you like I text you like, oh yeah, we'll win today. Don't worry, and you start stressing about we lose a wicket. Don't worry, give it a, give it half yes. an hour. It's just um, a, it's a, it, 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 I think in sports teams it is quite a, um, a powerful thing if you can find good positives I don't like fake positives I hate sort of all that fake positivity that you can see straight through you know when yeah. in practice someone takes a regulation catch and someone oh that's world class world class well no it's a catch that you should take every day of the week but mm. then but I like the positivity that um, good teams bring like uh, a, a strong language in the change room yeah, and there's a, there's a very fashionable philosophy at the moment, which is an ancient one, a Hellenistic philosophy and a Roman one that was in, uh, Stoicism, which you've probably heard of. We, we tend to use the word rather lazily. People are very stoical. It tends to mean they're not, you know, they're sort of brave about adverse things and uh, they don't share their emotions very much. But the, the, the main thrust of Stoicism uh, is, is that you, you absolutely have to teach yourself not to be concerned about things over which you have no control. And that sounds so obvious as to be hardly worth calling a philosophy. And yet, of course, most of the time we do uh, rage about things over which we have no control. Um, and Control in, the controllables. Exactly. And in cricket, you can't control the weather. You can't control what other people are doing. You can only control your own play, your own attitude, your own uh, uh, you know, physical performance, your execution and your memory and your plans and all the rest of it. Those are under your control and other things aren't. But when you're losing, it's so easy to start obsessing about the weather and the timing and the things that are going against you that are not your decision. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but, but I can guarantee you that this World Cup team, this England squad, yeah. when they lost against Sri Lanka, uh, when they when they had that sort of down little period, it would have been not, oh, we're not playing good cricket, we're doing that, yeah. that was a mistake. It would have been, let's get back to playing the cricket we like playing, that attacking, aggressive, positive, front foot cricket. And that's the language that would have been spoken and that's why we've turned around and played beautifully in the last three games. So it's a powerful thing. It is. 
Um, on that note... But of, before you yeah. get to the break, I'm actually going to make sure you don't change for the World Cup final. It, 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 don't you dare text me on Sunday going, we're going to win, this is going to be you, a great oh, game. I, won't. I will be as because nervous if as we kitten. lose, I'm going to blame you. It will you be just my do, fault. You just text me the normal, oh, a yeah. bit worried about today, are you nervous or that? I'll I may even wear the same clothes. <laughs> uh, on that, we will go for a break now and uh, we'll be back to take some questions and uh, and to continue talking about cricket with silly grins on our faces. Catch you in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. England will play New Zealand in the World Cup men's cricket final. Wow. At the very home of cricket itself, the Lord's Cricket Ground, I still have to hug myself as I remind, as I remind myself of the truth of this great fact. But there are questions to be answered. And Stuart, you've got some which you're, you're going to throw. Let's see what our listeners have, uh, have sent us via hashtag Broad and Fry on Twitter and Instagram. I've got a great one, actually, to start with from uh, Tony Pears. Would you ask Stephen if he would exchange his acting career for a double century and a fifer for England at the home of Cricket Lords, which, bear in mind, gets you on the honours board against <laughs> the Australians? It's a brilliant question, and it's one I ask myself all the time because, yes, I fantasise about how extraordinary it would be to be, as you are, Stuart, on the honours board uh, twice. and um, <coughs> Three times. Three times, yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and yet I am also aware that it's such a short burst of glory. So the question really is, are you trading in a a long, slow burn of a, of a career such as it is for a kind of a kind of moment in the sun which will can never last more than 20 years. I mean, it's 15 is unlikely, but it's so glorious that you will carry it with you always and which will take you to heights which I could never otherwise experience. And I don't know the answer because I know, especially in... In some sporting arenas, the the physical toll on the joints and on, you know, is terrible. And also the contrast between the glory of the 
of the athlete and the um, balding, pot-bellied, grey-haired creature that the athlete becomes is is a is a tricky one. And you'll always, you know, look from the screen where you were in your youth, tearing in, taking wickets or stroking the ball to the boundary and think, what happened to him? Whereas I can say of myself, I was never... I was never athletic. I was never glorious looking. I was never muscular. No, I had no beautiful youth to lose. In fact, I always believed that if I was lucky, by the time I was 50, I might look better than I did when I was 20. I was gawky and awkward and weird looking in my 20s. And I thought maybe I'd become a kind of like a donish, tweedy, acceptable-looking person in my 50s. And I'm not going to go on about my own view of myself because it's obviously weird. But in answer to the question is that I cannot decide. On some days I'd say, yes, I'd give up everything I've achieved in the so-called career that I've pursued in order to have that experience. But as I'm going to turn to you now, Stuart, you will be able to have a career after sport. And and is that something you're already turning your mind to? I mean, the fact that you are so fluent and easy to listen to on this podcast shows that you could choose broadcasting if you wanted to, or you could go the Andrew Flintoff way and be a little bit wilder. Have you thought about this, or is it something you're just hugging to yourself at the moment? <laughs> well, actually, the, the question carries on and flips it to me. Would I exchange my cricket career to star in a Hollywood blockbuster movie? <laughs> Which, um, to be honest... If I got offered James Bond, mm. I'd be tempted. Yeah, he's it's a cool yeah. character. That isn't it. Yeah. That is a cool character. Um, but I suppose with with I don't know anything about filming movies or anything. But you probably get the elation of once you've finished the whole movie and you watch it and how proud you are. Whereas that moment of winning. Uh, a cricket match with your teammates and sitting in the change room after and enjoying the experience you've just had out on the pitch. Yeah. It's re- when I when I when I retire it won't be the the moments of hitting the ball to the boundary or the court in the slips or um taking five for or clapping the crowds that will I'll remember with obviously I'll remember they were great fondness but it will be the moments in the change room that uh, are the the memories that stick with you big time mm-hmm. the moments where you celebrate uh the test series victories the t20 world cups the it's the sort of two hours after the game that, oh, yeah um the glow, the glow. so yeah I, i'm lucky in the fact that i've been able to experience some moments like that that you know you can't can't be taken away um but Daniel Craig's probably had a few of those as well. <laughs> yes, the, of course, the thing about filming is uh, um, that when you're on a film set, uh, day after day, week after week, month after month, you don't know that it's any good. You never know. No one knows, as William Goldman, the great screenwriter, famously said, no one knows anything when it comes to films. You pack it with all the budget, with all the writing, screenwriting talent, all the, uh, the screen performing talent you can, and it can still be absolute butterball, oven-ready turkey. Um, mm. So the moment of it being a glorious success 
is only determined weeks after it's opened. You know, you get a successful opening, it's made X million at the box office, and X you know, million people have gone to see it. But only when the mathematics have come in and the bean counters have counted their bean can you say, that was one of the most successful movies ever made. And then maybe you might get an award. See, there's the Oscar moment or the BAFTA moment or whatever. But all this is a long time after you've actually been day by day on the set trying to do the scenes. Whereas in sport, everything happens in real time. The, you know, the ball hits the stumps and the bales fly up and it's that moment. And it's so it's utterly different, isn't it? Utterly. So after... Six minutes 30 of trying to answer Tony's <laughs> question. Um, Sorry about that. We're not sure whether that's a yes or a no, but we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to the next. But it's a good I think question. It's a, it, it's a don't know and a maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice one. Why are you, me, and so many cricketers ambidextrous? Mm. Yes, that is interesting. You're a right-arm bowler, but a left-handed batsman. Right, yeah, left-handed golfer. Uh-huh. Um, Right, right-handed. Yeah. And if you Kickable, were to... Well, I want to say right-footed, but neither, really. Um, the test, they always say, is if you had to, uh, if you had to hammer a nail in, you, which, you, which hand would hold the hammer? The that, right. Yeah, so that, that sort of determines your, the leading-handedness is right in that question. sense. But then my dad was a batsman, left-handed batsman. He could bowl left and right-handed. Really? But he plays yeah. golf right-handed. Yeah. Whereas Jimmy's the same as me. Bowls right-handed, bats left, yeah. plays golf right-handed. Oh, We're whoa. just a mess, aren't we? That's just fascinating. I mean, in the case of cricket, you could argue that the if you are right-handed, then to bat left-handed means that your right arm is the one that's facing the bowler, the one the that's dominant. the dominant one. Yeah. And it's your left arm that's pushing and using the sort of, which these days, of course, is... A very important element, the the bottom hand. But um, so there's. Did you see David Warner in the? I think it was the Bangladesh Premier League. He was he had two swipes left-handed. Missed yes, them, oh, that was. And he turned right-handed and hit yeah. two boundaries. It was extraordinary. Just faced up right-handed. The Ronnie O'Sullivan technique. Yeah, I mean, extraordinary. Which is madness. I wonder if cricket will go to that next level where bowlers actually practice. Left and right arm. So you could bowl right arm off spin yes. to a left-handed batsman and then go left arm off spin to a right-handed batsman. Wow, that would be extraordinary. Do you think in 10 years that could be, that could be a thing? It could. And, when, and, and as when Ronnie O'Sullivan in snooker first started playing the odd left-handed shot, people were shocked. And also uh, the, they thought it was insulting. They thought he was not showing respect to his opponent. Oh, okay, but yeah. now they understand that it's an incredibly useful thing. And Judd Trump, uh, uh, of course, is world champion. He, um, he, he's as, almost as good a left-handed player now as Ronnie O'Sullivan. And so maybe this example will, will happen in, in cricket. It's, whether it will happen in, in bowling and batting, that would be interesting. I wonder if anyone out there knows someone who can do that. Um, you'd have to tell the, the umpire who would inform the batsman in the same way as you, you tell them when you're yeah. going round the wicket. You would. But is it, I mean, I, I don't follow tennis hugely closely. Has it ever happened in tennis, like a right-handed four, forehand and a left-handed forehand? Yes, there, I'm trying to remember who it was. There was in the 70s or early 80s, there was a tennis player who, rather than doing the double-handed backhand or whatever, would just simply swap the racket uh, from hand to hand. And I can't remember who it was. I, I, I remember a, men, a men's player doing that. Um, 
And of course, the when I was growing up, or at least uh, older than growing up, really, David Gower was the uh, the great hero of English batting because of the beauty of his style and the apparent sort of lazy lyrical quality of his stroke play. And he was a, a left hander and but a right handed uh, fielder. And I don't think he ever bowled, but uh, if he did, I guess he would be a right handed bowler. Actually, my uh, my mum's got pictures when I was three. I was actually batting in the garden right-handed, but with a left-handed grip. Good gracious. There you go. Yeah. So I'm surely, I'm hoping, with my dad having been a professional cricketer, at some stage he came into the garden and went, "Uh, you're not getting that quite right. Yeah. (laughs) And turned me round. But maybe I should go back to right-handed now. (laughs) Give that a go. It's shocking to think that kids were discouraged from from their natural handedness, you know. I mean, I guess if you're, if you're a parent and you've got uh, uh, boys and girls who are, who are keen to play cricket, you would just let them discover the, the most natural way for them. You wouldn't try and push them in, in any direction, would you? No, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, right, let's find another question, shall we? Mm. This is a bit World Cup-based. Uh, before the World Cup, most people were expecting scores of over 320, which I think we were, weren't we? Mm. Um, mm. However, a lot of the scores have been low-scoring encounters. Is this due to improved bowling, pitch conditions, or weak batting from Madhav Gupta? It's a good question, and it's one I was hoping to be able to ask you to some extent, because I'm, you know, I'm not a professional cricketer, and so uh, I'm as puzzled as uh, most uh, non-professionals are by the the nature of the pitch and this slow scoring that seems to be a result of slow bowling. Oh, that's to say, uh, pace bowlers, medium, fast and fast bowlers, bowling slower balls and variations. And to a non-cricketer, you'd say, well, doesn't that make it easier to hit? Why, why is the slower ball slowing up runs? It should, it should speed them up. So what is going on in the timing of a cricket stroke and the, the delivery of a ball that means these slow pitches, that the, the fact that it's not coming so hard off the pitch, plus the scrambled seam and the, the knuckleballs and the slower deliveries. Why are these drying up runs? Well, my, my opinion is, being a bowler, I want to pay credit to the bowling. I think the bowling's yeah. been world-class. Yeah. Uh, obviously, World Cup, you have the best bowlers in the world on show, but I think they've shone. Yeah. Mitchell Stark, Joffre Archer, Chris Wokes, Lockie Ferguson, genuine pace has, has shone, which has been great. I mean, yeah. before the, the World Cup started, we talked and, and I thought that spin would play such a big part. Yeah. Rashid Khan, right. Adil Rashid, but it's actually not been the spin that's, that's caused the major damage. It's been, it's been the faster bowlers. So that's been, that's been fun to see yeah. from, a, from a bowler saying that. Also, the catching and fielding in this World Cup has been incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, Dhoni's run out the other day. Nisham took a catch, I think, at point uh, off Dinesh Kartik, which was which was world class. Stokes is obviously for me catch of the tournament. Yes. Uh, in the first yes. game, so some of those sort of moments in games, obviously, strip batsmen of their wickets. So keep yeah. the score wickets keep the scores down. And um, very so intelligent some... field placings as well. I mean, the captain yeah. has been pretty good the, all the round. The captain's been great. So I, I don't think we can look at the the batsmen, like the question says, weak mm. batting. I don't think the batsmen have got anything particularly wrong. I think the pitches have been a bit slow and a bit sort of stop-started. That game we were at at Lords, the England-Australia yeah. game, was not a good 
batting pitch. It wasn't true. It was a bit indifferent in pace. Um, and I think a lot of the pitches have been like that. But I just have to give big credit to the bowlers. I think the bowlers mm. have been outstanding. And I look at the, the World Cup final that we're hugely excited for on Sunday. And we, we, we've already on this podcast talked. Trent Bolt. Yeah. And Joffre Archer. It's the bowlers who I'm looking at going, they could win their team the game. And and you made a point uh, a few podcasts back about Adel Rashid, who might be regarded as having had a disappointing uh, World Cup in, in terms of his wicket-taking. But t- today, you know, speaking on the, on the day that England beat Australia to get into the final, he took two crucial wickets, didn't he? Um, uh, at exactly that time, that you, you pointed out that... He may be expensive, he may go for a few sixes, but um, if he gets out uh, middle-order batsman at the right time, then when the strike bowlers come back in for the death, they're bowling at, at less good batsmen, and that really helps the side. I thought that was a wonderful point. Yeah, I mean, look at... I mean, Stoinis, second ball, I think, today. Yeah. With a, I mean, it was... Slightly average batting. Yes, he's to, not had a to, good uh, time. Trying to cut a, a, a googly of a, a, a leg spinner, mm. but it's wonderful bowling. Yeah. It's um, the perfect line. It almost looked like it drifted away slightly and then spun back yeah. sharply, um, which I think it always makes. And I've just criticised the batting, but it makes the batsman look a bit silly because you think, why are you trying to cut that ball? But yeah. actually, it's it's drifted into a bit of width and turned back sharply to hit off stump. So, so that's the the skill that Dilly's bought for a long time. We probably haven't seen it as much in this World Cup because the seamers have done the damage, but yeah. um, he's he, he's been brilliant for a long time uh, and delighted for him to have such an impact today because uh, he's been such an integral part of this this journey, yeah. I suppose, that Morgan's team's, team's been on. So it's... Um, do I think he'll be the key man on Sunday? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be it'll go back to the seamers. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he he played his part in the World Cup semi final, which is all you can ask. Yeah, um, and when when we see you know to to return to that question, when we see batsmen getting bogged down, uh, and and in, in the way that India were against us uh, 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 against New Zealand as well, um, is it? Is it also the conditions? What what is it about? The, is it the dryness? Is it the uh, the uneven bounce? Is it what is it that stops the free flow of runs? Yeah, I mean, firstly, in a World Cup, you're playing on grounds that are being used continuously. So yeah. if you play a bilateral series where Australia come and play England in five ODIs, you go to Lords, Oval, Edgbaston, Old Trafford, Trent Bridge, mm. Headingley. Chesterfield Street, yeah. you play on that pitch once and you move on. So it's a fresh pitch. Right. Whereas these grounds are getting wear and tear yeah. through training, playing, yeah. through the whole tournament. And I know they're fresh pitches for the semi-final, but there's still wear and tear on the ground. Yeah. Um, and the groundsmen won't have the ground themselves just to prepare the pitches, etc. So um, that might have played a part in the pitches not being as batsman friendly as we thought they would be. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't quite understand how the pitch changes so much in 100 overs. It seems yeah. it seems a, a short period of time. A test match pitch doesn't seem to change in a day, does it? No, definitely so I don't not. Quite, maybe it's the traffic going through the pitch. I don't know. I don't quite understand how 
that like the Chester Street pitch that, mm. that England played New Zealand on in the sort of quarterfinal, so to speak. Yeah. Johnny Bairstow made it look like the flattest pitch in the world. Yep. And then England bowled on it and it looked like you would never score 200. Yes. Yeah, it, it was a dramatic change, but I, I've played the game for 12, 13 years and I have zero idea how that happens or why that happens. Or, yeah. Um, and when we have someone with the England side who comes around with us and takes moisture out of the pitches, uh, sees how, how dry they are, the, how much rolling they've had, to try and yeah, so the old the old Jeffrey boycott stick the key in, so yes. it's old fashioned now, but um, it's because they're all keyless cars, isn't it? I suppose. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's I don't, I, but okay, I don't really know what that tells us. No, you know, you say, oh, it's got this much moisture, right? Yeah. So what's it going to do? Yeah. How how long is it going to break up in the thirty fifth over or the sixty fifth over? Yeah. So I don't know if it's got to that level of being able to know exactly what what happens. But let's just hope for a really good true cricket pitch on Sunday yeah. where there's good bounce yeah. and not a much not much seam and whoever plays the best on the day wins that's what that's all we yeah. can hope for agreed absolutely right a good question and one that will continue to puzzle me yeah great question I think we're getting to the stage where that's all we've got time for Stephen <gasps> what do you think I think you may be right uh, I need to go and walk off my excess adrenaline which is still inside me from this uh, long you're going to you're going to go and sunbathe by the pool aren't you in the sunshine I know you are here we are in the in the dark bit of drizzle of of the East Midlands of Nottingham, and you're in California just applying your sun cream. Well, it is a beautiful day, I have to be honest. There is not a cloud in the well, you sky. Don't, you, don't to, you don't have to go there. I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. <laughs> but um, all my thoughts will be for Sunday, and uh, there'll be gratitude to, um, uh, to Owen Morgan and to uh, everyone uh, at, at England uh, Cricket who have produced this remarkable side who've come this far and uh, I, I'm just so thrilled and happy that this uh, has turned out the way it did because my natural pessimism did make me wonder and your clear-eyed optimism uh, has shown has shown me the way and we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about England as World Cup champions it will be. You think? I hope so. From your lips to God's ears, as my grandfather used to say. And <laughs> on that happy note, we bid goodbye to our to our listeners. Goodbye, everybody. And don't forget, if you've got more questions for us, hashtag Broad and Fry. Goodbye from me.